This episode of the Supply Chain Brain podcast is supported by Logility, provider of a platform for supply chain optimization and planning using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it offers to customers. But now, on to the podcast. Does long-term supply and demand planning even make sense anymore? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Sales and Operations Planning, or SNOP, has been with us since the 1980s, 40 years and counting. And over that time, it's proved to be a valuable means of balancing supply and demand by integrating multiple functions of the business while maintaining visibility into ever-changing customer demand. But traditional SNOP cycles involving quarterly or monthly reviews aren't sufficient to cope with the rapid changes in demand that we're seeing today. So do we need to throw SNOP out with the bathwater? Hardly. On this episode, we learn about the need to rethink and reinvent SNOP for an era of constant disruption and unprecedented unpredictability, while focusing on scenario planning and cross-functional collaboration. Lachelle Buchanan, Vice President of Product Marketing with Legility, tells us how. Here is our conversation. Michelle Buchanan, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Bob. So thanks for being with me. Let's talk about sales and operations planning, SNOP. How has it changed in recent years, especially with regard to the shrinking of planning horizons? Well, one thing we know for sure, the pace of business is accelerating. According to Gartner, 30% of organizations are now claiming that Speed and quality of decision-making is one of the top three internal obstacles to achieving their supply chain objectives. This makes a lot of sense. Since the beginning of 2019, nearly 70% of supply chain leaders report they've been constantly responding to disruptions. During the same time period, they've not had enough time to recover from these high-impact global disruptions before another high-impact event has occurred. These disruptions are happening across the supply chain, including raw material shortages, supplier and factory failures, labor disruptions, transportation shortages, lane closures, unpredicted demand, even war. I've seen companies starting to rethink the structure of their planning and decision-making processes to keep up with the near constant rate of demand and supply volatility and supply chain disruptions. And you rightly hit on some key issues that they're facing, which is managing changes inside the execution time horizon. Mm-hmm. I love the quote by Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. 
Yeah, and, that's a that's a well known joke by this time, and it certainly reflects the state of state of affairs. But SNOP itself is, by almost definition, in its original conception, kind of a measured thing where you sit back and you take kind of a longer view of things, whether that's monthly or quarterly or I don't know, maybe even annually. That doesn't seem to fit well with the with the scenario that you just outlined about how things are right now. Global supply chains have been pummeled the last few years, and it's caused SNOP plans to be less relevant in some cases and completely useless in others. And I may be a contrarian here, but in my experience, the biggest value in SNOP was never the singular plan it produced from that monthly cadence. The biggest value was aligning those various functional stakeholders around business policies and assumptions about the future so that the work goals were aligned and the departments Mm. were supporting that shared vision of expected outcomes. But now we're talking about a higher level of maturity in your SNOP process. That shift from thinking about SNOP as a monthly cadence where you're reviewing historical performance to viewing SNOP as a decision-making process focused on business policies and scenarios to help you prepare for that unknown volatility. And that's definitely a shift in process maturity. It sounds like a reimagination of SNOP entirely as a tool for dealing with short-term disruptions. I mean, what does it take in order to kind of reconfigure or rethink the whole SNOP process in order to do that? Well, there's the spirit and the letter of SNOP. So the spirit says you're bringing those right people together to the proverbial table to make decisions, set policies, and align on what the future looks like. The letter is what says it's that monthly cadence of portfolio, supply, demand, finance, and all those forecasts are built on locked-in assumptions. So I see that spirit of the process as strong as ever, but companies are starting to rethink what that letter looks like. Being tied to a monthly cadence where those assumptions are locked in doesn't work in this highly volatile environment. And yes, mm-hmm. I, you can argue that is that still SNOP if you're not taking about a monthly cadence anymore? Maybe, maybe not. To me, it's semantics, but the goals are still there. And so the way that we're going about achieving those goals is evolving. And it's a novel concept for some companies, for a lot of companies, but these concepts aren't really new. The more unpredictable and volatile industries, they've been working to achieve this balance between planning and reacting for some time now. And that need to balance the day-to-day and the monthly planning is is a well-established practice. Gartner came out with sales and operations execution several years ago. Oliver White has their integrated tactical planning. And I think these process variations are just becoming more popular as companies are looking to adapt to this more dynamic planning environment. So how quickly are they being expected to replan now in reaction to actual events? Well, I would love to share a personal story with you. So before I worked with Legility, I worked in industry designing, implementing, and leading SNOP processes. And way back in March of 2019, there was a historic blizzard that hit the plains in the Midwestern United States. And it quickly dropped like two feet of snow across the whole region. And we were heavily reliant on that time at rail and barge to move materials through the U.S. And I had this map on my wall of U.S. rail lines, and I would stare at it every day trying to think of creative ways to move products through this snowpack network. And I had a thought, what's going to happen when all that snow melts? One thing I learned in grade school is that water eventually flows to the sea. And so here I was with these major barging lanes that were likely to be impacted by all this melting snow and flooding. And 
I had plants next to the rivers that were in danger as well. I had barging lanes. It was a disaster, in my opinion. So I got the team together, supply chain planners, demand planners, logistics, operations, sales, and even finance. And we started to scenario plan. We asked those what-if questions. We ran models. We came up with alternatives to produce the material and to move it through the network and to evaluate the financial implications of those plans, to understand the customer impacts. And I believed it was an eventuality that we we're going to have to deal with this. So we got proactive and we strategically placed finished goods across the network that would have served as buffers if lanes got closed off. We built inventory on high moving products just in case the plants went down. And sure enough, there was the flooding in the Midwestern U.S. in the spring of 2019. And all that snow, as the snow started to rapidly melt, and when I say major flooding, it was like 14 million people that were impacted by the floods in a part of the country that's not really densely populated. But because we had anticipated it, built scenarios around it, planned in advance, we were able to gain a significant competitive advantage. Our competition wasn't prepared. We spent three to four weeks thinking about this event, so we had a plan in place and ready to execute it when it happened. But our competition was blindsided. It took them three months to catch up. And can yeah. you imagine three months and your competition has completely disappeared? So that's an that's, eternity. Yeah, that, that, that's an, that's amazing. But you do you were able to anticipate this particular thing because you were smart enough to know that snow melts and water flows to the sea, as you say. Not all the disruptions we've seen in the last couple of years are that easily telegraphed. I wonder if there's almost a point in which planning just becomes execution, in which the planning and replanning cycles are so short and the cadence is so short that you're just really executing on the moment and planning almost loses its meaning. Is that an overstatement of what's happening during moments of crisis? It's close. It's the power of scenario planning and network optimization. It took us three weeks to anticipate the event and plan and react to it. You might get three days, you might get one day. And so the need for the data, the platform, the tools to be able to Speed up that reaction process, get your data, run your models, and have something you can execute against is getting shorter and shorter for sure. But the events and the impact and having to plan through them, planning your execution, you're right, it starts to run together. Okay, well, let's talk about how the organization needs to change in order to accommodate the sorts of changes that we're talking about here today. And that is, first of all, just who are the stakeholders? Uh, at what level are they in the organization? Are they different people? Where do they come from? And how are they brought into the picture uh, as needed? Well, the SNOP players are changing, but like I said earlier, maybe it's just a reflection of the forces that are requiring companies to mature their processes faster. It's long been a, a best practice to have the IBP process owned by the CEO and the functional executives driving their piece of the puzzle, but in reality, many organizations are stuck in the quagmire of SNOP being owned and managed within the isolated supply chain. And that just doesn't work with the full business impact of the disruptions we've been facing. So executives are starting to step up to the plate and work together to drive business planning like the best class companies have been doing all along. They're starting mm -hmm. to adapt their planning processes to focus on outcomes rather than horizons. And they're aligning planning decisions to the stakeholders based on business impact rather than timing. As, as we all know, KPIs that are driven in silos can really hurt your business. But people tend to come together in crisis and think about the greater good rather than the individual metric. So we're seeing this focus on business-level metrics rise in priority as well and a reliance on technology to reach consensus around what the data shows. 
I hear you saying that there's a need for cross-functional collaboration, but I'd also like to know what you what that phrase means to you exactly within an organization. The functional executives are really coming together to own the process in a way they haven't before. SNOP has traditionally been led and managed within the supply chain. So the chief supply chain officer, maybe it's his process. But now we're seeing that the CEO is really owning it. You've got your CFO with a much bigger voice and a seat at the table as well. And so all of your functional executives are working in concert to achieve the business outcomes. Does it help that a lot of organizations are bringing into the C-suite supply chain now, chief supply chain officers that are there at the C-suite table? Well, I definitely think it helps. And supply chain has come in focus now like it's never been in focus before. Everybody knows about supply chain. My mom knows about supply chain, which is pretty (laughs) impressive. And so it's really seen as a business issue, a business challenge, a business process, rather than something that's buried within the execution of the organization. Okay, a business process that involves a number of decision points that have to be made all along the way. I assume that those are becoming more frequent, but tell me a little bit about how you set those up. Like, what are some of the key decisions that have to be made and when they have to be made? How do you set up that whole process so that it runs smoothly and those decision points get triggered at the right time in response to actual changes in the market and the world outside your organization? Companies have long been under pressure to achieve this monthly cadence of SNOP at a minimum, but as they're maturing, the increased frequency of the review process to enable that max visibility and responsiveness is there. Organizations are starting to lean on technology to enable the more timely planning, decision-making, the continuous planning, and to trigger those review processes through embedded workflows. Mm -hmm. This requires real-time information feeds and defined thresholds of when replanning should be done. I'm also seeing them shift the meeting focus from those discussions on volumes and gap closures to that alignment on the business rules, the priorities, the risks, the opportunities. The story that you told me about the snow seems like a good example of scenario planning and what-if planning, that kind of idea like, what if this happens, we do this. Do you think that organizations are doing a good job of incorporating that into their processes? And if not, what do they need to do? Is it a question of technology that needs to be brought to bear, business process change that needs to be brought to bear? How do you get into this whole thing of scenario planning? So given the impact of the short and medium-term disruptions on supply chains, We've started to see supply chain network reorchestration, which has traditionally only been a a strategic consideration. It's now becoming much more important within the SNOP time horizon. And I've seen companies moving towards this continuous, repeatable network design and optimization. So many supply chain leaders, they've been managing inherited supply chains. They didn't design them. They inherited legacy suppliers, legacy networks. And what I've seen with the global disruption is that it broke many of those inherited supply chains. And this has given leaders an opportunity to take a step back and reevaluate their networks. How should they flow? What are the risks? What are the opportunities? And now we're dealing with major global disruptive events multiple times a year. So business leaders are realizing that they can't afford to ignore the scenario planning, like for the example we had earlier, and how repeatable network design and optimization can support those scenarios, you know, especially if they want to stay competitive. So they're trying to implement solutions that allow them to embed that practice and philosophy into their business. A lot of what we've been talking about up to this point has been internal in nature, cross-functional collaboration within the enterprise, say. 
But a supply chain involves many external partners as well, creating a great need for external collaboration, which I guess these days is actually becoming a competitive advantage. So how do you encourage that? And how do you make sure that your planning signals propagate all the way up the supply chain to external partners, that everybody at once is able to react to changes in the plan? It seems to me to be that the biggest challenge of all. Talk a little bit about how that works today or how it should work. You are so right. Given the interdependencies between supply chains and the reliance on partners, especially on the inbound supply side of supply chain, SNOP is increasingly end-to-end in nature. So it's encompassing supply considerations beyond the traditional enterprise. And companies are focusing on disseminating information to optimize their product lead times and distribution and collecting and collaborating across the globe with visibility into purchase orders, material commitment, inbound shipments. So I've seen more companies moving toward interoperability with their suppliers, systems that speak the same language, versus Mm -hmm. that integration with their suppliers, which is something we may have been talking about several years ago with systems that align through a layer of interpretation. And yet, we're still not throwing long-term planning out the window, are we? There's still a need for the monthly cadence, the quarterly meetings, the yearly kind of evaluations of what the year's going to bring. So it just seems like an interesting challenge to get down to that execution level, the short-term planning, the replanning. We've been talking about this whole conversation, and yet still somehow keep a longer-term view, right? Absolutely, absolutely. The saying, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So we're evolving Mm -hmm. SNOP. We're evolving the way that strategic planning gets done, but it's more of a merging of horizons and focused on flexible decision-making based on business impact rather than the strict cadence. Michelle, tell me a little bit about what is Legility up to these days in the marketplace and how is it facing the challenges that we've discussed in, in previously? Well, thank you, Bob. Legility is focused on building supply chain solutions that enable better decision-making. The Legility digital supply chain platform leverages artificial intelligence and advanced analytics to continuously sense, analyze, and update activity in your digital supply chain. We help our clients meet the supply chain challenges of today by building resilience and using agility to make decisions in these disruptive times. We're committed to supporting the changing user profile and cross-functional roles that influence SNOP decisions, delivering information and insight horizontally and vertically across the organization that's appropriate to each stakeholder, and ensuring our clients achieve their key metrics for improving business performance. We support supply chain planning and SNOP across the flexible planning horizons, have views tailored to meet the needs of SNOP and IBP decision makers, and have recently introduced a new solution for repeatable network design called network optimization. I would encourage your listeners to check out our website at legility.com and follow us on LinkedIn to stay informed about the ever-changing nature of complex supply chains and how technology can help alleviate the pressure. Indeed, in a broader sense, it sounds like this technology is absolutely essential to allow for the type of scenario planning and the type of complexity that supply chains are exhibiting today just couldn't be done without it, I guess, right? It's an important tool. 
Michelle Buchanan of Agility, uh, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me about the evolution of SNOP. Some really interesting insights. I appreciate that, as well as telling me a little bit about Agility in the marketplace today. Thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you so much, Bob. That was my conversation with Lachelle Buchanan of Agility, talking about the changing nature of sales and operations planning. We thank Agility for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming and downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time. <laughs>